Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. To trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, and just to rest upon His promise. Oh. Just to know the Savior, the Lord. Can you sing it out? Say, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust. going to keep talking to see if this thing turns on. I am just so excited to be here. I am so excited for this theme that we have, promises. And it's just the promises that you're holding on to and that you're expecting and waiting for God to answer. And then the promises that he's already answered, holding on to that, that there is, you know, his goodness right there. I just, I can't pat, let this night pass without sharing a small, quick testimony. And I won't say all the details, just in case you hear it somewhere else. <sighs> Sorry. After her song came out and her story came out, there was a lot of it going around social media. Everyone was sharing and excited with her and praising God for this promise that she had received. My mother-in-law was one of those people. <sighs> Where's that tissue? <laughs> I got my own. Um, well, she listened to Brittany's testimony, and she listened to that song. And after she was done, she started praying and asking God, God, where's my promise? You've promised me a new kidney for many, many years, and I'm waiting for that promise. 
and it, it wasn't even that long, maybe an hour or so. I don't know the exact time she got a call. They said, well, not Sister Lena, but they said, Miss Alanis, they said, your kidney is here. You need to pack your bags and get to the hospital. And, and all it took was that, that, that little reminder that God still keeps his promises. And continue asking in faith because no matter what you're, you're, you're going through, no matter what you think or feel, he's, he's working in the background. And he's going to keep his promise if it's something that was promised to you. I didn't come to preach or, or speak other than ladies' conference, and I apologize. But this theme is going to be carried on to our ladies' conference. We're going to be talking about promises. You're going to hear more about some other great promises that God has kept in this district. So I hope that you guys are all ready and excited to go to Ladies' Conference. We are going to be at the Yakima Convention Center, and it's going to be the newly remodeled side. So there's some new things. It's not, you know, I've been there before and all this. You're, you're, you're in for some treats. We have a new nice vendor area, vendor spots available, $25 a spot. Registration for this event um, is going to go live tonight. So you can register even tonight before we leave here, or you can register online at our district website. Our dates for Ladies' Conference are May 18th through the 20th. We have two mighty women of God coming to be with us, Sister Carla Burton and Adina Penigo. You will be blessed. You will be... You will be blessed. Just come. Come expecting great things. Um, there will be um, two free registrations given tonight after service in the fellowship hall. So make sure you stay fellowship. Find out how you can sign up for those so that you can be included in that drawing. Um, something new to, to at ladies' conference this year, we're going to have a prayer walk along the Yakima River on Friday morning. So bring your walking shoes, not just your dancing shoes. So for all that praising that's going to be going on, but your walking shoes as well, we're going to pray. We're going to remind God of all those promises that he has promised to us and thank him for the ones that he's already fulfilled. So come expecting great things, and I hope to see you all in May in Yakima. I bless. You all may be seated. Oh, man, I, I, br I came prepared. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that testimony, part one with baby Asha, our miracle that's with us tonight, and part two of Sister Lena Alanis, I just get teary every time I think about it, and I am believing with this theme that we have of promises, we're going to be hearing more and more testimonies of things happening right here in Washington, of promises that God has kept. Brother Amado Wezar last night preached at our church. And he talked about a lady who'd prayed for 33 years for her husband to come. And it happened this year, right, that he baptized him in Jesus' name. 33 years. But I'll tell you, the wait was worth it. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you, Sister Knowles, Section 3 Director, Sister Lynn Davenport, for Section 5 Director, for putting on this evening tonight, this mini ladies conference, and we're so thankful, Sister Alanis and I are so thankful to be here to promote ladies conference and Mother's Memorial 2023. Thank you, Top, for hosting us here. We've got men back in the sound booth, and we had a man here on the drums, and they just are so warm and welcoming. Thank you so much for all you put into this evening. 
Uh, This morning I read Colossians chapter 2 verse 7, and I, I feel like Paul tonight when he wrote that verse. I am overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 3.15 tells us to always be thankful. And just like I mentioned a few moments ago, Brother Weezar last night preached about thankfulness at our church. And so for preparing for tonight and kicking off our Mother's Memorial 2023 giving campaign, I just want to say thank you. Number one, thank you, Jesus for providing the ladies of Washington District with the ability and the desire to give $94,381.01 to Mother's Memorial 2022. That is a miraculous offering that actually started at Ladies Conference when you all gave in one offering, our Friday morning offering, you all gave over $29,000 in one offering. That wasn't IOUs. That was cash, check, and online giving. I was so blown away. That's what our total offering used to be just a few years ago. And then when these offerings started coming in and we hit that 94000 mark, I was dancing around my house. I was, I was like beside myself, so excited. What we have calculated thus far is we had 140 ladies that are diamond givers, $200 or more. 140 ladies gave as diamonds last year. Included in that number, there were nine grand givers. They gave 1,000 or more. And we ended up having three royal givers from Washington State. They gave $5,000 or more. And all that came together to give our amazing offering. But Washington State's compiled with everybody from around the nation. We all, as ladies of the United Pentecostal Church, gave $4,908,680.41. Give yourselves a hand and give Jesus a hand. Wow. What an offering. So I want to say thank you for giving a goal of 65000 and look at what God did. Amazing. Uh, the biggest allocation from these monies was $650,000 that was allocated to our foreign missions department. And so I want to read a letter that I just got two days ago from Brother Bruce Howell. Dear ladies, Christian greetings. I just returned from the African missionary retreat. How rewarding to be with our missionaries there. They are a part of a host of missionaries around the world. As I visited with, worshipped with, and had time to hear them, it is so apparent that we are blessed with a great group of called people. They can fulfill their call so much more effectively because of the training that will assure a strong church in the whole world. That training is made possible by your generous gift to Global Missions. Once again this year, you have opened your hearts, and due to a tremendous sacrifice of all of our ladies in the UPCI, we will be training thousands. I was also blessed to hear of the good hospitality of the missionary families. That hospitality is also made possible because of appliances that are provided by you. We had a great group of MKs. It was so noisy, and I was so happy to hear it. They are content, happy, and we're having a blast with their MK families and friends. That happiness is accentuated by the special gifts they receive from you on their birthdays and at Christmas time. Once again, you are the reason for that smile and joy. 
Ladies, we do not take for granted your gifts to global missions. We are so very grateful. Please express our thanks to every lady that makes this possible. For nearly 44 years, 22 of which I have been director, my family and I have seen firsthand your kindness to us. This letter comes from one grateful person that has been blessed for a long time. With a full heart, Reverend Bruce Howell, General Director, Global Missions, United Pentecostal Church International. One of those couples that was at that retreat Brother Howell was just at is my brother and sister-in-law, Keith and Beth Eichard. They received their ministerial license right here in Washington State. And on the screen, you'll see my sister-in-law with her refrigerator that she just got a few days ago. You helped to purchase that. We could have a similar picture from the sponsors. Soon we're going to have pictures like this from Josh and Lalina Tingley and Corey and Jason Lucas. All people that are impacted by Washington. And your giving is making a difference. If you gave 200 or more, you were a diamond. Could you please stand? Please stand if you gave 200 or more. We've got a list that's been compiled. Please look at that list. See, Sister Davenport, make sure your name is on that list. Make sure it's spelled correctly. Because at Ladies' Conference, along with your special little gift that you're going to get for being a diamond giver, your name's going to be on a big banner. 140 ladies' sisters. We're going to have to get a bigger banner than we had last year. So we want to make sure that your name is on there. And when you give 200 or more, you support a foreign Bible student. And so I want to show you a picture that came to me from the Eicherts, that couple right there in the middle. I want to introduce you to Brother Tobias and his wife. Brother Eichert traveled nine hours once a month to teach them along with ten other Trinitarians. Long story short, he baptized Brother Tobias and his wife the day this picture was taken. He and his wife have started preaching in many villages this past year, and over 150 people have been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost because of your giving to foreign Bible students. During this working week, he's an instructor at the police academy, and his wife is a police lady, and she took the Eicherts to her grandmother to pray for her. She's 95 years old, and she is related to the late president, Pohamba, of Namibia. So the Lord is putting them in connection with key leaders. And so they now have four preaching points because of this couple who has been trained because of your giving. And so they say, Ndapandula, which means thank you in the Oshimwaga language. And my last thank you comes from the Washingtons and Washington saints and churches in our district. Because of your giving, we're going to be investing back in our state. And I am excited to announce that we are going to have, per many requests we received, a Washington District Marriage Conference taking place January 20th and 21st. And because of your giving, we are able to put on this conference. So go and register. There's a flyer on your seat. Go and register. It's only $50 registration per couple. It's going to be a fun weekend. 
investing in your marriage. We're going to have food. We're going to have games. We're going to have giveaways. We're going to have informative sessions. We're going to have times of prayer together to help build strong and lasting marriages that's going to impact our state. So thank you, ladies, again, for the record offering in 2022. For the first time in a long time, we received a reward that we've been working very hard to receive. At General Conference, I received an award for giving. Over 90% of our churches in Washington gave to Mother's Memorial. Our goal is 100%. We almost made it last year, and I am believing we're going to make it this year. And our offering last year was $94,381.01. And even that last cent, that one cent, is noticed by God. So tonight, as we kick off our Mother's Memorial Offering Campaign, I want to say thank you in faith. I believe we're going to have another record-breaking offering. I believe that we can go over 100000 this next year. Half of that is going to stay in our district. It's going to support our widows, our marriages, our youth, and our children. We have three royal givers. Next weekend, they're going to St. Louis and they're going to be having a special weekend treated by the ladies' ministries there. And I believe we've got ladies sitting in this room that are going to join them next year. Sister Amber Wiesar said last year, and she's probably going to say it tonight, it impacted me so much. What God puts in your heart to give, ladies, he's going to put it in your hand. We've got six grand giver, nine grand givers last year, and each of those ladies, each of those nine ladies are going to get a free registration to Ladies Conference 2023, and I believe that there's going to be more grand givers next year. 140 diamond givers, wouldn't it be awesome, Sister Tingley, if we hit 200? So if you want to give towards Mother's Memorial 2023, you can do that after service. Just see Sister Martha Alanis after church, and she can do that. We've got coupon books that are at your seats. You can send your offering in monthly to the district office to start working on being a diamond giver. If you've got any questions, please see Sister Martha and I after church. You know, God is blessing us so we can bless others. And our giving is blessed, it's broken, and it is spread around the world. And I brought a sign. This is on my wall at home, but I, I felt to bring it. There is always, always, always something to be thankful for. And tonight, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for sowing seeds that are going to be impacting eternity. And at this time, we're going to have Sister Amber Wiesar come. She is not a stranger to the Washington District. She's an amazing lady of God. She inspired me last year general conference with her testimony of what God has done in their local church and in their district. And I asked her to come tonight. She's a mama to four wonderful children. She speaks around the world, travels all over the place, but most of all, she's my friend. And she loves to give, and she loves to sow into ladies' lives. And so tonight, I want you to join me in welcoming Sister Amber Wiesar. I love you, my Let's give that hand clap to the Lord who deserves it. He deserves our best praise tonight. Aren't you so thankful? Were you glad when they said unto you, let's go into the house of the Lord? I'm here with a grateful heart, a thankful heart. It is an honor to be in the Washington District. I give high honor to your amazing leadership, 
Sister Seagrave, Sister Alanise, aren't you thankful for godly leadership? Amen. Before I share what I feel that the Lord has given and put it on my heart for tonight, um, I just want to give a plug for Mother's Memorial. I am passionate about Mother's Memorial. And sitting here, hearing the testimonies, seeing what your goal was, God always exceeds, right? God always goes above and beyond. His ways are above our ways. And it blessed me hearing what God is doing in Washington and just hearing all of the wonderful things that are happening, and especially when it comes to sacrificial giving, you already have it. You already have that spirit of sacrificial giving. In the Bible, the fire would only fall when there was a sacrifice on the altar. So what you sacrifice in giving to Mother's Memorial is not just going to bless ministries, but the fire of the Holy Ghost revival, end time revival, is going to ignite in this district because of your sacrificial giving. God always rains fire when a sacrifice is on the altar. And you have learned, you have learned, you have learned the precious lesson of sacrificial giving. I just want to share a few stories before I share my heart. And before I do that, Sister Scott, oh my goodness, I have seen parts of your story on social media which did not do it justice. Wow, that is amazing. And to see your faith maybe shaken but unwavered. And you stood undeclared the word of God and the promises of God over your life. And that is, um, what an amazing testimony that you have in your district. I was blessed. I feel, felt like you could have just did the altar call right then and there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is amazing. Um, a couple of stories. So our church, I want to say this. So, so many times when you hear stories of faith, especially when it comes to sacrificial giving, I feel like our carnal human side would like, have a, has a tendency to think, well, that church probably just has millionaires and that pastor is just writing the check. I know I would think that if I was sitting there. So I just want to put out the disclaimer right now. Our church is not, by the world standards, a wealthy church. We do not have millionaires that we know of that sit on our pews, and our pastor definitely does not write a check. One day I would love to be, for God to bless us in a way where we could just write a check and it doesn't matter who gave what. We are not there, okay? So when I share these stories, it is not coming from a place of abundance. It's coming from a place and a heart that ladies and men and young women hyphen. You know, we have to get out of the mindset that sacrificial giving only happens within a certain age category. Sacrificial giving is for everybody. God is calling all of us. We all have something we can give. And it's not about the dollar amount. But it's about the faith to believe what God has put in your heart, he's going to put in your hands. And so we, over oh, the last several years, God, is, we, God has just showed up and showed us if we can believe him for it, he'll go above and beyond that. And so let me just take you to the year of 2020. Yes, the year no one wants to talk about. So prior to that, the largest offering that our church has ever given was about 16 plus dollars, okay? 16,000 plus dollars. And we thank God for that. I'm not diminishing that, but that's where we were at. And we're approaching, um, I'm so sorry. I'm getting mixed up. No, back up. 
it, before 2022, our largest offering was around $30,000. And that was a miracle. So I'm not going to go all the way into that, but that was, that was a miracle, okay? Um, but here we are, 2020, when the church doors are shut. And right off the bat, you're like, there is no fundraising that can happen. What can we do? I mean, we rely on fundraising. And let me just tell you, we sell everything. We sell everything. And I'm, you know what? Let me just, let me just, and you could probably already are doing this because you guys are just so sacrificial in your giving. But whatever talents God has given you, you can turn those talents. Give them over to God during this Mother's Memorial season. If you know how to bake, Bake goodies and sell them after church. Get permission, obviously. Um, but put it on Facebook. Maybe not, you don't even need a church service to sell it. Maybe you can put it on Facebook. This is what I'm selling. And people will start buying. If you, We had a girl, she knows how to paint. And it's just like, wow, she started selling some paintings. Um, and then we have people making salsa, selling salsa. We had the, the tambales dinner. Oh, come on now. Sir uh, Alanis. Selling out. So I say, I say that we sold everything except our husbands and our children. And believe you me, we might have taken the highest bidder on some. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All for Mother's Memorial for our missionaries. God bless it. But we're, we had given $36,500 prior to Mother's, uh, 20, the year of 2020. Um, but there was a shift in our Mother's Memorial giving that year. Our perspective had changed. The level of giving was raised. And that's what's happening in this year for you all, for this district. Your level of giving, your standard of giving, the bar has risen. We're not going back. We're not going back. It has risen. And it's just going gonna, gonna to keep rising. But in 2020, our circumstances might have changed, but our mission was still the same when it came to Mother's Memorial. So we just told our ladies, let's, we didn't even have a goal, and we always have a goal. But this year, with the advice of our pastor, he said, you know what? We're not going to have a goal. Just encourage the ladies to give whatever God is telling them to give. And so our little model for that year was give God your best, your best, and he will do the rest. My best is not going to look like your best, and your best is not going to look like my best. And again, it's not the dollar amount. But when you ask God, to, what do you want me to give, he is going to tell you. And it's always going to be more than what you see in your bank account. Because our reasoning is, God, I know what I can do. I, I know what I can save. But God is saying, no, trust me and believe me for what I can do. Because when God is in the mix, he'll add more than you could ever come up with. He, go, he goes exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So without any fundraising, prior to COVID, I had so many ladies in our church say God already spoke to me prior to COVID, okay? God had already spoken to me to give double what I gave last year, and I was blown away because some of these ladies gave large amounts. And I was like, oh, oh, my goodness, COVID hits, right? And those ladies were still texting me. They said, well, God never changes. He are, I mean, COVID, God was not surprised by COVID. So if God put into my heart before COVID, he was going to be able to fulfill that promise, whatever he's put in my heart or their hearts. And so without one fundraiser, we just said, give God your best and he will do the rest. And we came together as a church and just believed God. Whatever he's put in our hearts to sacrifice, he's going to put it in our hands to give. And we trusted God for that. Earlier that year, a lady in our church in 2020, she told me, she said, in my own personal 
life, I was going to save $6,500. I just had personal things I just needed to take care of. That was my goal that year to save. She said, no longer did I think that, or no sooner did I think that. The Lord impressed upon me, yes, and I want that $6,500 that you're going to be saving this year to go to Mother's Memorial. She was like, all right, God. So this lady is a manager of a cardiac center in San Diego, California. She already works long hours. She approached her boss, and she said, I want to take over the janitorial services for three months. And he said, okay. She took, after she worked all day, she got on her hands and knees and started scrubbing those floors, started cleaning her office, entire building. And all of that money she used for Mother's Memorial. She approached her boss, and she told her boss what, what Mother's Memorial was. And she said, would you like to give towards towards missions? And he said, absolutely, write a check for $3,000. What God puts in your heart to give, he's going to put it in your hands. I am telling you, ladies, believe God for it. That year, she gave over $6,500 to Mother's More. I am telling you, she didn't have it in her bank account. She's not rich by any means, but she has she has that spirit of sacrificial giving. And she's like, God, whatever you've laid on my heart to give, you're going to make a way for me to give it. There was another lady in our church that God convicted her early on. And he said, if you can save for vacations, you can save for Mother's Memorial. And God put on her heart to give $2,000. And he made a way. During COVID, she just started baking. I'm telling you, she was not a baker. I don't mean that in a mean way, but she was not. She got on, because she was thinking, what can I, I need something to do to raise money. She got on YouTube and she's like, yeah, I've always wanted to do those cute cookies that do royal icing and all that. I am telling you, she just watched YouTube. She made a side hustle business. And I am telling you, it raised over $2,000 and she gave it all to Mother's Memorial. So for 2020, when the church doors were shut and closed, not one fundraiser, fundraising, what was fundraising? There was no fundraising. But God enabled us to give a grand offering of $50,049.10 without one fundraiser. Don't tell me God can't do it. If he's put it in your heart to sacrifice, he's going to put it in your hands to give. And you know what happened after a sacrificial offering like that happened in our church? When the church doors were closed, God poured out the fire of the Holy Ghost. We had people off the streets coming to our church. We did not know. They weren't related to anybody on our pews, but this is what they said. God drew me to this church. You can't tell me that's not a coincidence. Revival is connected to sacrificial giving, and I believe it for this district. If he's put it in your heart to sacrifice, he's going to put it in your hands to give. We have people in our church that gave their inheritance. That was my mom. She gave her inheritance because she believes in sacrificial giving. And she gave it with joy and with a smile on her face. In fact, two years ago, my mother is a fabulous cook, and so ki her kitchen is her happy place, and, and they, they live, they're blessed, but they live in a 1926 home, and her kitchen still looks like 1926. And so that year, God made a way that there was this extra income that came in that they, my parents were not expecting. And so dad said, you're going to finally get your kitchen. You can start designing all this, and she was super excited. But then God spoke to her heart. And said, give it. And so this is what she told me. 
She said, my kitchen can wait, but the gospel cannot wait. So many things that, and things aren't bad, generally speaking, but when you have a heart to give, those things don't matter anymore. God, what can I do to advance your kingdom worldwide? What excites me the most, though, is not the amount of offerings that we give locally as our church. That doesn't excite me. But what excites me is that every age group in our church, men and women, this is not a ladies' campaign. This is all hands on deck. This is an all-church campaign. It's not all ladies. There needs to be a shift. It's the all-church campaign for Mother's Memorial. We've got to come together to give sacrificially. And when we all come together, the body, there's unity. That brings unity in the churches. And when it all come together, I had hyphens give $1,000. I had a hyphen call me and say, God told me to give $2,500. And he's going to make a way. And you know what? God made a way. God will use anybody. If you say, God, make a way, he will make a way. So I'm just thankful. I'm thankful because Whatever God has put it in your heart, he's going to provide the resources for you to give it. Do you believe that tonight? God's going to do exceeding and abundantly. And he always goes above all that you can ask and think. So give it to God, ladies. Purpose in your heart. This year, God, I'm not going to wait for two months before Mother's Memorial. I want you to tell me now, what can I give? And if you put it in my heart, I know you're going to put it in my hands. I'm so excited. I know. I know. Without a doubt, Sister Seagraves, you will exceed that 100,000 mark. You're there. You're going to make it happen. And God's going to use every one of you. He's going to use every man, woman, boy, and girl to come together to give and to make a difference. If there's hyphen in this place, I am telling you, God will use. Use your talents. Give it to God. Whatever you do. There's a girl in our church that does hair on the side. I mean, she does hair for weddings because we know no one in the world knows how to do their hair on their wedding day, right? And that's what we do. Girl, I got that. I got you. And, and she makes a side hustle, and she gives it to Mother's Memorial. Whatever talents God has gifted you with, use it to give back to the kingdom. And you will be blessed, and God will use you to be a blessing. Aren't you so thankful to be in the house of God tonight? I am so thankful. I am so honored. I'm so excited. God is going to do great and mighty things. Can we all stand? We're just, I'm going to read one scripture, and then I'll have you sit back down. If I could turn your attention to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 1. Before we read that, you might not know this, but there is a little bit of California in this house tonight. Not just any part of California, but the southern part, the San Diego part, which I think is the best part. I'm a little biased on that. And that is Sister Lynn Davenport. And I love you so much, Sister Davenport. And I was so excited to see you tonight. Her family is so dear to our church, so interlocked and interconnected. Um, but we love this amazing family. And I give you honor tonight. I love you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, a familiar passage of scripture. To everything, everyone say everything. There is a season and a time to every, everyone say every, purpose under the heavens. I'm so thankful that the scripture is crystal clear. That in everything, 
Not some things, not most things, but the Bible says to everything there is a season, and not just a season, but a time to every purpose under the heavens. So tonight for the, for the next few minutes, I'd like to talk to you on this subject, victory in my season. Keen off my season. It's easy to see victory in other people's seasons, but I feel like tonight God wants to remind the individual ladies here tonight that there was going to be victory in your season. There's different seasons, there's different walks of life represented, but the God is still that we serve is still the same, and his word is true. Victory in my season. You may be seated. Webster's definition of seasons, one of the four periods of the year, spring, summer, autumn, and winter, and I am so thankful to be in Washington in the fall because, as most of you know, in California, there are no seasons. I am in the 70-year-round season of weather. That's all the season I get. I am not complaining. But I am saying I don't have to live out my fall through your all's pictures on social media. I actually get to experience it. I told Sister Davenport, I just want to bottle up some of the leaves and tell my, show my kids, this is real. They're real. Like, this really happens in places around the world. This is beautiful. Another definition is a period of the year characterized by particular conditions of weather and temperature. We're talking about seasons. Or a period of the year when something is best or something is available. What is a season? Well, for our purposes this evening, ladies, a season in our life is a time frame that has been allotted for something to happen. And ladies, we serve a God of seasons. We see it in creation. God created the four seasons that are based upon the rotation of the earth as it orbits the sun. The seasons change as the earth moves, but the sun in our planetary system remains constant. And everything revolves around it. So you see, in so many ways, we see the signature of the same artist in our lives. Much like the earth, our lives should revolve around the sun, and his name is Jesus. Our lives will change, and we will enter and exit many seasons. But the sun, the sun remains constant yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you thankful for that promise? that you serve a God that never changes, that you serve a God that his word, you can stand and plant your life around his word. It will never change. But God doesn't measure seasons with clocks and calendars, but through truth and revelation. Whenever God gives you a fresh word, you've stepped into a new season. And just like our scripture verse says, to everything, there is a season. Every aspect of our lives is as to a season. And I've come to remind you ladies tonight that there is a purpose for your season. There is a purpose for your season. There is a purpose for the process, which is why we need to embrace the season that we are in. If you are a hyphen under the sound of my voice today, a waiting season is very challenging but I've come to remind you, it's not a wasted season. Hyphens, I want to encourage you to do what waiters do and serve in your season. Let your mindset be, God 
How can I serve you today? Seize the day. Seize the season that you're in by serving and advancing the kingdom. I encourage you, try different areas of ministry in your local church. Be available. Be willing to serve. Because can I remind you, ladies, young ladies, callings are given before doors are open. Callings are given before the doors are open. David was called to be king long before he ever stepped foot into the palace to rule. The waiting season develops us for what is to come or for what's coming. So a season of waiting is not a wasted season. Because you see, everything that David went through in his waiting season prepared him for the next season. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord. There's a promise. What's the promise? They that wait, if you wait, something's going to happen. If you wait upon the Lord, you shall renew, not maybe, but you shall renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. So when you are waiting, there is a promise of a renewal of strength. This strength will enable you not to grow weary and not to faint. If you're a young mother here tonight, can I just say I see you? Because you are in a season of sleepless nights and exhaustion. Can I get an amen? You're running on coffee and Jesus, literally. I understand very well the struggle you face on Sunday mornings getting those babies ready for church. At times you're even questioning, why do I even go? I'm not even going to be in the service anyways. I'm going to be in the nursery. And whoever wrote the song Easy on Sunday Mornings never had kids. Or if they did, they weren't bringing those babies to church because there is nothing easy about Sunday morning ever. But can I tell you, young moms, you're going because you're establishing early in the lives of your babies that we are going to put God first no matter what. The house of God is never an option. It's never up for discussion. We will be in the house of God when the church doors are open. I'm going to be in the presence of God when they're zero months and when they're 18 years old. I'm going to make a commitment to put him first and bring my babies to the house of God. You're showing your babies even when they don't understand. You're showing them what it looks like to be faithful in this challenging season. I'm going to be where I need to be even when it's hard to get there. I want to remind you, God doesn't need an entire service or an entire message to bless you with what you need. And God responds to faithfulness. I'm not saying you can't feel them at home. COVID was evident of that. I'm thankful for live streaming, but COVID is behind us. We need to be in the house of God. I don't ever want my babies to, to hear me, mama, using live streaming as an excuse to stay in our PJs, eating our cereal, watching the presence of God from our home. I'm not saying you can't feel the presence of God in your home, but we are establishing God first in our babies' lives at a young age. 
Don't try to establish it when they're eight years old and they've already been at home watching live streaming the first eight years of their lives. Establish it when they're babies. We're going to the house of God. We're going on Sunday and we're going on midweek. We're going to be at connect groups. We're going to be at fellowship. We're going to be at family prayer. Whenever the church doors are open, that's where we're going to be. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, embrace your season and let God work in you and through you during that season. Every season has its challenges. This means that you have to learn to overcome the challenges of the season that you are in. And most importantly, maximize the blessings in it. David found himself in a valley alone with a giant. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in a valley... First of all, who wants to be in a valley? Nobody does. And if God was sending out an invite to go in the valley, I'm just going to tell you, I love you, Jesus, but I'm declining. Like, no thank you. I'll accept the mountaintop invitations, please. (laughs) Of course, we know it doesn't work like that. But when we are in a valley, I don't know about you. I'm probably just talking to myself. But I would really like to create, Sister Seagraves, like a private Facebook party event to come to my valley so that I'm not alone. I just feel like we need to make a party out of it because a valley is not a place I desire to be in. Valleys are dry. They're lonely. They're deserted. They're isolated. But valleys weren't designed to be dwelling places. We aren't created to set up camp and live in the valleys. Valleys are meant to walk through. Psalms 23, 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If you're in a valley, know that God knows where you're at. But God doesn't design you to stay there. God has designed you to walk you through. There's some things I'm only going to learn in the valley. Mountaintops are wonderful. We all, we, we all want to be there. We all want the invitation for the mountaintop. We want to decline the invitation for the valley. But God is going to walk you through the valley so we don't have to fear. I don't want to be there. But I know I'm not here alone. I know God is orchestrating something in my life. And God is going to walk me through the valley. David was in the valley alone. He was about to engage in a battle against the greatest giant of his day. That he was not trained to fight. But David might not have been trained for that battle. But God had already prepared him for that battle. David stepped in that valley with a confidence, not in his own ability or his talents or confidence in a slingshot. He had a confidence in a God that already delivered him in a previous season. He already been delivered from a lion and a bear. So David stepped in that valley with a confidence, not in his abilities, but a confidence in a God that he knew could bring him out. God, you already saw me through the previous season, and I don't know why I'm here, but I know it's directed by you, and my confidence is not in my own ability or my own ability or availability. My confidence is in God, and the power that I know lies in his name. David remembered the battles that God had already won for him. 
He remembered previous valleys that the Lord brought him through. Can I stop, pause and tell you, ladies, sometimes we need to be reminded where God brought us from. It's easy to forget the battles that God helped us conquered in our lives. It's easy to forget the pit of sin that God raised us out of. So when the enemy's attacking you, sometimes you need to remember the previous seasons that God saw you give victory in those seasons. In that valley, this is the part of the story that preparing for this, I never really saw. I pretty just much just skipped over. But you know what that's so beautiful about the word of God? Is I know we know this story. We heard it in Sunday school. Thank God for our Sunday school teachers. But that's what's beautiful about the word of God. Is when you read it, God will speak through those stories that you've heard all your life. But he'll speak a fresh word into your spirit. A word that you need in that moment. In that moment. Don't neglect your personal devotion, your personal time in the word of God. That's how he's going to speak to you or one form of how he's going to speak to you. But in this story, you see David, he was in the valley. He wasn't trained for it. He wasn't even really supposed to be there. He was checking on his brothers and he saw this giant that his brothers and their buddies should have been fighting. His brothers and their buddies were trained to fight that giant. He was not. But he stepped in that valley alone while everybody else was fearful of their lives. While everybody else bowed out and said, yeah, I have the armor, I have the training, but I'm not going in there. No way. And here's David. But you know what's awesome about this story that I never really saw? Was he picked up the five smooth stones in the valley. He didn't bring it with him. Reread the story. He picked up the five smooth stones in the valley. What does that tell us here today in 2022? What tells us today is that in the valley, God is going to give you the resources that you need to defeat the giants that stands before you. So when you're in the valley, look around you because God is not going to forsake you. God is going to give you the resources in your valley to defeat the obstacle that the enemy has brought into your life. I'm telling you, ladies, God is with you. God is going to give you victory in your season. You can experience victory in the valley. You can be victorious in your valley. The valley wasn't created to destroy you. It was created to develop you. Goliath wasn't sent to destroy David, or he was sent to destroy David in his valley. But what was sent to destroy him, God used to develop something in David. God will use the Goliaths in your life to showcase his power. God will use the obstacles that you're like, all right, God, I've never faced one like this before. But God's going to remind you, I already brought you out. Remember the lion. Remember the bear. Remember the previous seasons. God's going to see you through. And you know, there are seasons that you've gone through that a lot of times we don't understand why we went through them. But there's a purpose for that season. There's a purpose for your pain. There's a purpose for your tears. And just because you're going through some things or have gone through a rough season, it doesn't mean that God is finished with you. 
In Philippians 1 verse 6, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. We are stepping into a season of power and prosperity. We are stepping into a season where all the people of the earth shall see that we are called by the name of the Lord. Ladies, we are stepping into a season where the Lord is about to open up his good treasure and bless you. You're going to walk into a season where we're going to lend and not borrow, where we will be the head and not the tail, where we will be above and not beneath. We're stepping into a season where God is about to tear off the veil of the heavenlies and open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to contain. He's about to release unprecedented blessings and revival in this state. Those who were once held under are now going to come over. Those who were once forgotten are now going to be remembered. Those who were depressed will once again begin to rejoice. Those who were once rejected are now going to be accepted. Those who were downtrodden will have their heads lifted. Those who grieve will have their joy made manifest. Somebody in this place, some hyphen, some young lady needs to declare in your valley, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming. I'm not dying in this valley. Goliath's in front of me, but I'm not dying in this valley because weeping may endure for a night. But if I hold on, if I hold on and declare the promises and the word of God, I'm going to see joy in my midnight hour. Those who were once afflicted will again walk in wholeness. We're stepping into a season, I believe it, when those things that have been taken from you will be restored a hundredfold. Somebody needs to be like David and encourage yourself in the Lord. Easier said than done. But David lost his entire family. He had every reason to walk out and say, I'm done. I'm done. But somehow, he encouraged himself in the Lord, and his story wasn't over. He went back, and he recovered all. I don't know what you've lost in this place, but I've come to tell you that you're about to recover all if you don't throw in the towel. If you're determined, I'm not giving up in this valley. I'm ready to recover all. I'm ready to experience victory when I didn't think victory could happen. God is with you. And he's going to see you through the valleys. I believe I'm talking to some ladies this evening who have been through some valleys. Has anyone been through some valleys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You faced some Goliaths. God has brought you through, keyword, through some seasons. Some of you had to learn how to praise God all by yourself. Some of you had to learn how to worship God through your pain. I feel a determination in this place. I'm going to praise when I don't feel like it, I'm going to praise. It, my praise is not dictated on everything being a bed of roses going on in my life. But I'm going to praise him not because of what's happening, but because of who he is. God is always worthy of my praise. I'm going to be determined. I'm going to praise him in spite of the storm, through the storm, in the good times and in the bad. I'm going to praise him. 
Some of you had to learn how to lay hands on your own head in the valley because you were alone. But we're encouraged tonight because we know it feels like we're alone, but God is with us. His word is within us. His power, he's empowered us to walk through. He's already prepared you. The season prior prepared you for where you're at right now. You are going to be victorious. Somebody needs to declare in this place, it's my season. And I'm going to experience victory in my valley. Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, in doing good. For you shall reap, it's another promise, you shall reap. What's the condition? If we faint not. Webster's Dictionary defines the word do as something that rightfully belongs to you. And the word season means a special period. So due season is a special period of time when we shall receive that which rightfully belongs to us. The only stipulation is that we faint not. The only stipulation, ladies, being that we don't give up. Some lady needs to declare in this place to the enemy, I'm not going to die here. I'm not quitting in this valley. I'm not throwing up the towel. Why? Because I'm going to face my Goliath with confidence and say greater, greater, greater is he that's within me. Greater, greater. It's not me. It's not my abilities. It's him. He has all power. It's due season to start proclaiming the promises of God. It's due season to start proclaiming unprecedented revival in the district of Washington. Can somebody say amen? It's due season to start proclaiming miracles, signs, and wonders in our churches, in our youth groups, in our conferences, in our cities, in our congregations. It's due season that every prodigal comes home. There's going to be a revival of prodigals that's going to walk through your churches. I believe it in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to know if there's a mama in this place. I want to encourage you, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. I am telling you, God hears every prayer. And God is going to make a way. And there's going to be a revival of prodigals that's coming home. I'm talking about the ones that grew up on your pews. I'm talking about the ones that used to be in your youth groups, but maybe they walked away from God. Don't give up on them. It's the last days, and God is bringing back a harvest of prodigals to your church, to your congregation, so don't stop praying. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for a mama that got on her knees and said, not my girl. There's somebody, ladies, in this house, you need to declare us for me in my house. Not today, Satan. The enemy wants to discourage you from bombarding heaven for your children. But can I come and encourage you? God hears your prayers. When you pray, you are activating the power of God in the lives of your children. When you pray, your prayers are going where you physically cannot go. Don't give up on your prodigals. They're coming home. It's time to declare that which rightfully belongs to us. It is due season. I'm bringing this to a close. Musicians, please come. 
It's due season. It's our time to take it back. It's our time to take back our joy. It's our time to declare the promises of peace. Peace that goes beyond understanding. Yeah, I know the situations are bleak and grim, but you serve a God. He's a God of hope. He's the light in the darkness. He's your hope. He's going to see you through the storm. Ezekiel had a vision in the valley. In the valley. There's visions in the valley. A lot of times we think, oh, yeah, God will give me a vision when I'm on the mountaintop and everything's going great. But the scripture shows us that God gave Ezekiel a vision in the middle of his valley. A vision in the valley of what we would describe the valley of dry bones. In this passage, God was asking him over and over, can these bones live? You see, these bones, ladies, in this valley, desolate, dry, deserted, these bones represented lost life. These bones represented brokenness. These bones represented death, lost hope, shattered dreams. These bones represented what could have been, what should have been. These bones represented unanswered prayers. But in Ezekiel chapter 37, I'm going to read this script, these several scriptures because it just paints the clearest picture. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. Anyone feel like sometimes you're in the middle of a valley? This valley was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, as I was doing what God asked me to do, as I was being obedient in a valley with no one else. In a valley, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off, lost causes. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, you're God's people. He didn't just say bones. <laughs> God knew who they were. He knew they were his people. He's looking at you and saying, you know, you're my daughter. You're not a lost cause. 
You've been in the valley long. You've been dried up, lost hope, but you are my daughter. My people, I am going. This is the promise. I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'm bringing you back to life tonight. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, back to where you belong. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, he's not going to leave you where you are in the same condition that you walked in those doors with. He's going to open up some things in your life tonight. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. This is a promise. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Let's all stand. You might have entered these doors tonight at this rally. And you probably could have identified, Strammer, it was those dry bones. Some of you, maybe you didn't even want to be here tonight. You might could tell me you have no idea what it took for me to walk through those doors. But God, God knew. God knows. He knows your deepest desire. He knows your deepest need. You might have been in those valleys tonight and identified with the valley of the dry bones. But God has come not to leave you in that condition. God has come to breathe life in you. God has come to restore hope, to restore joy. God has come for you to be lifted up. God has come to settle some things in your life. God has come to remember you Remember his promises and declare and stand on his word. He's not going to leave you tonight, but he's going to open up some graves. He's going to open up some hearts tonight. He's going to do a work that only he can do. And he sent me here to say, to prophesy to the dry bones, you will live. You will not die. You will live. You will fulfill your God-given purpose and destiny. You're going to walk out with hope. You're going to walk out with passion. You're going to walk out with a rekindled fire in your spirit. Because the word of the Lord was spoken. And his spirit is going to live in you. So I invite you tonight. I don't know how you normally do this, all, these altar calls. But I'm going to invite the ones forward that you're saying, I want to be revived. I want to be renewed. I want to be restored. I want God to do the miraculous inside of me tonight. If that's you, I want you to start coming. I want you to flood these altars and say, I'm going to take a step of faith. Because I, God, I want to see your hand on my life tonight. I want to experience your power I want to be renewed and refreshed. I want hope living within me again, God. That's it, ladies, come. God's going to do the work. Hallelujah. God's come to heal.
the brokenhearted. God's come to restore your joy. God's come to strengthen your faith. God's come to lift you up. God's come to encourage you. Hallelujah. All hope is not gone. But the King of Kings is in this place today. The King of Kings is here to do a mighty work. Why don't you reach out to him right now? Oh, God, we need you in this place. God, pour out your spirit right now, God. I pray, God, you'll reach down to the hearts of these ladies tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. As they start singing, I want you to reach for God. I want you to believe him for the miracles that you're asking him for. Hallelujah. God, you're faithful. God, you're mighty. God, I know you're able. I know you're able, Jesus. I know, God. I'm not in this valley to die. I'm in this valley to live. God, resurrect hope in this place. Resurrect hope in the lives of these ladies, Jesus. I'm going to believe you for the miracles. Hallelujah. That's it, ladies. God, you're able. God, you're able. Yes. Oh, 
in your favor. Sing that again, late in, late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Can you sing that out, ladies? Late in, late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Sing late in the midnight, late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Blessed is, oh, because oh. your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. Sing it again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. Yeah. One more time. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. Trust in Jesus. 
just to take, can you sing it out? Take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the Time, say, Jesus. 